Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the BTSC NFL Playoff Preview. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. You can call me anything you like, but uh, my grandmother always said, just don't call me late for supper. I'm not sure what that ever meant, but I just thought it was funny. But you can call me a good buddy of my friend, Nick Bellina, who joins me the last couple of weeks and will join me um, concluding after the Super Bowl. Nick, what is going on, my friend? You certainly can call you a buddy of mine, Bad, and I certainly hope I can call uh, myself a buddy of yours. And uh, good evening. Uh, you know, it's the uh, all is quiet right now on the Super Bowl um, excitement train, if you will. You know, teams are going to be arriving uh, to Miami early this week. And, of course, so many athletes and fans um media will be ascending on Miami here soon and before you know it we'll be kicking off for the Super Bowl in literally uh right around this time uh next week exactly I mean uh, usually 6 12 when it kicks off or something around mm-hmm. that so I I cannot wait I'm jazzed the Pro Bowl happened today some things are mentioned with the Pro Bowl but before we do anything and this is just something that is paramount to talk about and uh it's gonna be a rough one um, some things just transcend sports and this, this is, uh, and the reason I'm going to say this is when I heard the news today, Kobe Bryant passing away at 41, along with his daughter, um, looks like maybe nine other, um, people on that, that, uh, helicopter that crashed near Calabasas, California. I was sick, Nick. I know you were as well, but I texted my wife right away. Who's not a big sports fan. And she her too, because Kobe Bryant was a, a name that, like I said, it trans, uh, you know, it transcended a lot. One of the big names, um, Nick. You, your thoughts on the Black Mamba, one of the greatest of all times? Just an absolute horrible tragedy. I mean, and you know, lives were lost uh, today tragically, and um, you know, um, you know, people, you know, there was a. A father lost, a husband lost, a son lost, a friend lost. Uh, for so many of us, a absolute NBA legend lost. And, you know, Kobe Bryant is uh, two years older than me. And, of course, loving sports like I loved, uh, I've always loved sports, um, you know, and basketball too. I can remember always reading and hearing that there was a player from Philadelphia who was perhaps so good that he may go straight out of high school to the NBA, which remember bad when he did this was unheard of long before guys were, you know, uh, going out of high school and long before you had the one and done and all of this. And, you know, a couple quick things is that I'll never forget hearing the story. And Jerry West tells it of watching Kobe Bryant work out at the forum then for the Lakers and the great Michael Cooper, who was still in phenomenal shape, a wonderful defensive player was called on to be at the practice. They were playing a little scrimmage and supposedly a 17 year old Kobe Bryant dominated Michael Cooper. And Jerry West said, you know, at so in so many words, that was basically one of those moments where you said, I got to do whatever it takes to get this guy. If I have to trade up, so be it. Let's see if we can work it out because this is, you know, a once in a lifetime talent. 
And a 17-year-old Kobe Bryant went to the NBA, as he famously said at Lower Marion High School, uh, that one day that he's going to take his talents to the NBA. And at 17 years old, he did. And uh, a absolutely off-the-charts, legendary 20-year career, five NBA titles, averaged now in 20 years, averaged 25 points per game. Uh, and a lot of what a lot of things, what I think a lot of what times what people, you know, don't realize or maybe uh, need to be reminded of as far as a player, Kobe Bryant was a nine time first team defensive player of the year. That's that's extraordinary. And in the 2008 Olympics, you know, with the Redeem team, all those great players, there was no ifs, ands or buts who the best player was. And, you know, Kobe was the best player in the world for years and just a phenomenal career. But again, you know, tragically human lives were lost today. And, um, you know, Kobe Bryant gone at 41 years old. is just, it's horribly tragic. It's horribly sad. And it's just, uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's just, it's hard to believe right now for me, uh, bad right now that, that this happened today. It, it is very hard to believe for me, a lot of the sports world, this is a Steelers show and it really hit a lot of the Steelers hard. You saw the Pro Bowl today, um, was Darius Smith uh, uh, doing a tribute to uh, Kobe Bryant, um, lots of Steelers on Twitter coming out there. Um, one I'm going to read. Um, well, the first one that I'm going to mention was uh, Vince Williams saying that never has a celebrity death uh, affected him like this one um this is the he said this is the first one that's really affected me but james connor apparently met with kobe bryant this week and uh there he this is the two tweets that he put out just about two hours ago i told kobe i'm trying to be legendary like him he simply said just grind just grind every day truly thankful i was able to hear that from him days before he passed i gotta go harder and if I tell you I love you, I mean it. Yeah. Then he wrote in another one, nothing is, is guaranteed. Continue to spread positive vibes to one another and put out good energy in the world. So I want to, I wanted to highlight that because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Because we are celebrating Kobe Bryant. We also want to celebrate if it's nine lives total. Um, the eight others, along with Gianna, um, yep. uh, a gentleman named John Altabelli, who was a, uh, I believe a baseball coach in California. That's another name that I heard, um, a college baseball coach. Um, so I'm really not sure all the details because as we're doing this, this is probably about four hours old because we are recording this on Sunday evening, um, just a few hours later. So once again, um, just uh, you know, devastating to us all, devastating to the Steelers, everybody on uh, on the line. One of the first tweets that I saw out there was uh, a tweet from uh, fans like Melvin Daniels, uh, a tweet from our very own BTSC's Lance Williams. Um, this is a huge loss, but every single loss today was a huge loss. So let's uh, take a moment of silence. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. With that being said, um, let's uh, let's move forward. And yeah, uh, well, and yeah, one quick thing, bad. Uh, 
yeah, uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, and uh, all those on the helicopter, and uh, thoughts and prayers to friends, family, and so many people. Yeah, this. I mean, we in Pittsburgh, uh, um, I don't know, because I was one year old when it happened, but, uh, uh, you know, when Roberto Clemente, um, on a humanitarian mission, um, perished in a plane crash going to help earthquake victims on New Year's Eve, um, 1972. Um, when he perished, it was, uh, it was, I'm sure a, f- a feeling that many of us had, I know my dad talks about that as well. Um, so we will move on, but Hey, I talk about this after a Steeler loss and it shows you how insignificant our pain over Steeler losses. But I always say after the Steelers lose, Hey, our BTSC family, we're all here as a support group. This is what the live chat's for. We're here as a support group because remember, it's a football show, it's a sports show, but it's a life show too. And uh, it's about you know being together here. So feel free, free anything you want to put in there on the live chat, and uh, we could uh, we could talk among, amongst ourselves as well. But uh, you know, God bless the families and God bless the victims uh, today. So yes. going forward. Um, very hard segue, so let, let's just uh, go ahead and move forward to something that uh, I got to be honest with you. Did not do my job today, Nick. My job today is to cover the Steelers, as always. Um, didn't watch a down of the Pro Bowl because <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of things going on today. Yeah, I, I didn't either, bad. Honest, I, I didn't either. But I got to tell you, from what I've seen, and Felicia mentioned it a, a little bit earlier um, in the live chat, um, something that I saw and I knew before we came on the show, some good showings by some Pittsburgh Steelers. No MVP performances, but a game-winning touchdown from a Pittsburgh Steelers are one and only Trenton Jordan Watt with the exclamation point on a great season. An exclamation yes. point. Yes. So um and Joe Hayden, a new entry, um, a new entry to the Pro Bowl just in the last two weeks. Getting the uh, getting an interception in this game too, so defense mm-hmm. showing up. Nick, we had a uh, we had a, a podcast just a, a few days ago on the Steeler preview with uh, myself, uh, editor Jeff Hartman, deputy editor David Schofield, and uh, one of the things we talked about was the Pro Bowl, and we didn't talk a lot about it, but we talked about how this could be a very crucial. Pro Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers because it, it could actually be a big turning point for 2020. And the reason I say that is because you have a great feeling with those four men representing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem more unified than ever. And, you know, you ever go to a work meeting um, representing your team and you go back with good ideas and you share them along with them. And it's infectious, and mm-hmm. you're so excited of what you do, and it carries over. Everything that these guys were saying about being disappointed, but being thrilled to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers family, and to go ahead and uh, want to really thrive, not just survive, but thrive in 2020, it, it really hit me when I'm watching all these reports before the week and these interviews that... This could be a motivated team in this work convention. We're just going to call the Pro Bowl a little convention. 
of some of the best. And that's pretty much what it was. And, um, you know, I really think that it could really carry on. So I'm hoping that's what it does. What are your thoughts, Nick, um, as a fan of uh, just the NFL? Mm-hmm. And when you look when you look at the Steelers and the gentlemen, the four gentlemen representing them on defense, do you see what I'm seeing here? Oh, absolutely. And again, I think that uh, they made great moves. Again, you know, once again, when it comes to trading up. Um, when it comes to the draft picks, when it comes to trades. And I think you have a sky's the limit defense. I think it's only going to get better. And I think that guys are going to continue to develop more and more and more. And I think I think you're going to see just a great structure on defense, guys that are going to make a lot of plays, and guys who are going to just do their job on a regular basis. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a top three defense next year. One of the things that I love about doing this show with you is because you're honest and respectful to the Pittsburgh Steelers team, but you are not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And we've talked about that in the past, your loyalty to the Oakland Raiders, which well, the, I guess, are they officially <laughs> Las Vegas now? I, by all accounts, <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, you uh, never it, know. It's, it's, it's funny because um, I actually saw looked at Mel Kuyper's updated uh, draft board uh, last night, and he referred to them um, when he was doing write-ups on each draft pick. He referred to them as Las Vegas. So, I guess um, you know, but jury's out on that. I think bad jury's out. <laughs> they could be the Zimbabwe Raiders. You <laughs> never know uh, what uh, what the crazy Davises are going to do there. Um, Felicia, uh, one of the good fans of the show, uh, mentions the defense brotherhood is growing stronger. Um, and you mentioned that it looks like they're, they're going to be a top three defense as well. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I do. I think so. I think that, again, um, you know, you have a, again, for a, a first team pro, uh, all pro defensive end. You have a linebacker who's <laughs> going to be great, and then you have, or it's going to continue to be great, and also you have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think is, uh, you know, sky's the limit for him as well. Oh, wow. Some of our good fans, um, Mike O'Malley, uh, Wes, they're, they're giving you some, uh, they're giving you some fun, uh, fun noogies on the other end there uh, um, for being a Raiders fan, but huh. <laughs> that's uh Hey, uh, we root for different laundries sometimes. Well, but. hey, I've I've heard it before. I've uh, I've I've taken grief about the Raiders for, I mean, close to twenty years now. I mean, well, wait a minute. Let me think about that for a second. I can give you pretty much an exact year. Uh, Seventeen years now, eighteen since John's left. The first time when he went to Tampa. So oh, I, you're on a, you're on a first name basis with John Gruden. Well, pretty pretty much. John him, left, him, you know? him, him, Mike, and uh, you know, and Mark, and everybody, <laughs> and Derek. It. But like I, like I said, one guy that is more respectful of the Steelers and probably I am of the Raiders is, is Nick. So I, I really do enjoy that. Um, going to bring up Snowman, who put five dollars into the tip chart here. Um, the tragedy today um snowman fans and kobe fans prayers go out to all of you we're going to be seeing stuff like that throughout the show too uh we will uh we will continue um to put those messages in remember the lot the uh, live chat is way for 
us to go ahead and talk through this. It's also a way that if you do want uh, to go ahead and contribute to the show and get your uh, question or your comment to the top of the queue, you very well can. So thank you. The uh, the best way to you know to really support the show is to like and to support the show by, of all things, just subscribing to our YouTube channel and listening to it wherever you go. Um, so we do appreciate that, and we love to have uh, have the, those fans. Um, Thaddeus Kennedy, um, uh, Bad and Nick, do you think it will be a risk cutting three to four contributing players like Mark Barron and Vance McDonald in order to franchise tag Dupree because if he's injured, you're out five players? It's a good question. Bad, that's more in your court right there. Well, you know what? So the whole thing, you know, you got to look at the savings. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Dave Schofield put an article up earlier in the week about, you know, the franchise, uh, um, excuse me, not the franchise, but uh, the salary cap and uh, who is who you're cutting is going to be more dangerous um, and who you're not going to get that much savings off of. Also, um, great podcast. And if you did not get a chance to go back, Nick, and listen to last Friday night's podcast with Lance Williams, um, the salary cap special with uh, with a Steelers salary, salary cap expert on there. It was just absolutely uh, um, with Mr. Wex on there. I mean, it was just a uh, it was a fantastic, a fantastic podcast. So go ahead and check that out as well. Um, so for what I'm saying on this. For as for the Steelers, and uh, we're going to preview the NFL and the Super Bowl a little bit more, but it just depends where they want to go, and it kind of hinges on what you have with this one guy. Where can you replace them? Where where you draft is basically what you decide that you want to do. Um, with Bud Dupree, he might cost you sixteen, seventeen million dollars, and you might not have any more room to go. From there, so we will see. Um, well, if, if Brian Davis is the GM, what's Brian Davis do? Hart, Brian, Hart Bad says uh, you keep them and you see what you got and the window's here and you go for that window and you play with that window, especially because not just the window now, but Ben Roethlisberger is a major part of that window. So I bring him back. Mm -hmm. Um and you move things around now, but here's one thing that you do not have this year that the Steelers more than anything, Nick rely on, and it's the collective bargaining agreement. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with that is Pittsburgh is notorious and they did this 10 years ago with Lamar Woodley. Uh, they have one of the best cap guys in the league. Omar Khan is just phenomenal. Um, and he's probably the GM in waiting. Um, when Kevin Colbert decides to go ahead and and hang it up, but he's very good at extending contracts and uh, making room, make room anywhere. You can't do that right now. You can't defer salary right now. Um, so there you go. You you just can't do that. And the reason you cannot defer that salary is because you can't go to three or four. For me, I want to see him around. I want to see this defense together. I think that if you uh, you bring him back 
and build in this draft for 2020 and look at that window. And we had a podcast a couple weeks ago on what what do you do there? Um, BTSC Radio, which is, which if I'm not mistaken, well, I'm definitely not mistaken because I read it. Um, you have not had a chance to talk to our esteemed, our esteemed editor and uh, producer and everything that uh, we do here at one Jefferson Hartman. It's actually just Jeff, but, um, and he is a Wheeling, West Virginia guy. And uh, you are now Jeff's big ups to his Mountaineer brother, Nick. And even though I lived there for nine years in Elkins and Clarksburg, um, Jeff already likes you a lot better than he likes me. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, man. Oh. You're, you're, you're a legend, but uh, yeah. I, I guarantee you, Jeff will confirm it. I'm, well, well, thank you, Jeff. Great to be on. I appreciate it. And so um, the other thing, um, don't know where he went to college. Um, I, I haven't read read everything there, but um, you did go to Ole Miss, right? Yes, yes. So uh, lots of lots of uh, Southern life, but you also were in the Windy City at, at I was time too. So in Chicago for a while, yes. So that, that's great. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to look at the headline of the show, and it's simple. Will the Super Bowl, Nick, be one of the best, or it'll be just like one of the rest? And uh, see, I'm not considered a mountaineer, even though I lived there for uh, nine years. So uh, you and Jeff could, uh, Jeff's a big golfer. So, and I know you are too. Great. So yeah, got, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Um, so Nick, the reason I brought this up, we are not going to break down the Super Bowl. We're going to reserve that for next week, right before the big game. But you've got to be excited about this game because uh -huh. this is probably the best matchup that we could look for. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts as far as the quality of the game? Enjoyment. I think that one of the big things to look at is, first of all, players. And I don't know right now a more exciting player, maybe Lamar Jackson, but I don't know of a more exciting player than Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, a lot of people tune into the Super Bowl. Of course, they want a great game, but they also want excitement. I don't think a lot of people like a close game that's 6-3. to three. You know, if, I think a lot of people like high scoring, lots and lots of action. And I think that, you know, Mahomes is definitely one of the most exciting players in the league. However, one thing about that is, as good as this Niners defense has been, as incredible as their pass rush has been, maybe they uh, perhaps can keep Mahomes in check. I, you know, and we'll talk about this more next week. But I think that's going to be one of the biggest questions, you know, of the Super Bowl is: Can the 49ers defense apply enough pass rush to make Patrick Mahomes? Uh, struggle a bit and get a little more uncomfortable than what he's accustomed to. But let's dig more into not the matchup, but the teams and not dig into the teams, but the viewing quality of this game. Is this one that we're going to be talking about for years because of the quality of this matchup and the quality of these two teams? If you could look into your crystal ball, because last year you had two very good teams in there. 
Um, and eventual, once again, the champion was the New England Patriots. But that matchup on paper looked absolutely tremendous, and somebody called it a snooze fest. Um, I thought it was pretty bad. Um, I made it through, but it was... I mean, I do like defensive games, but that that game was probably one of the worst that we've seen in a long time. And we lost Nick, and he's probably going to be coming back back here in a little bit. So we'll try to get Nick back in here. But what we're looking at here is I'm going to answer the question for Nick because I really think that it's going to be one of those games that we talk about. It, it feels like the makings of an instant classic with the defense of the 49ers, with the Jimmy G story, with a with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who I think is going to be the flag bearer for the NFL for the next, I don't know how many years. He's, Pat Mahomes is going to be the guy. So I think when we look back that this is going to be a classic that we talk about for years. So Nick, do you agree that this is probably going to be one that we talk about? Now, Bad, I got to say, I lost you for about a minute. I couldn't hear you. So I'm going to ask you to um, a- ask me the question again, if you don't mind. As far as this Super Bowl, is it going to be one of the classics? Yeah. Do you think it could be an instant classic that we talk about? And when people talk about their Super Bowl memories, yeah. spoiler alert, like we're going to do in just about a minute. Do you think that this is going to be one that like, man, nothing beats Chiefs, Niners, 2020 Super Bowl 54? Without a doubt. I definitely think it has the potential for that. But, you know, uh, you gave the segue. It's funny because, you know, and I'll add to it, it's remarkable how a lot of times there are games that you think could be a blowout, and they are. There are games that you think are going to be close games, and there are. But there have been surprises. It's like I told you earlier. Honestly, one of the best Super Bowl games I've ever seen is Steelers-Cardinals. And I honestly thought going into that game that Pittsburgh would probably win between 14 to 17 points. I thought Pittsburgh was probably going to win by. And then it ended up being an absolute classic and probably top three greatest Super Bowl catches ever. I think you could argue all day it's the greatest Super Bowl catch ever because it was the game-winning catch, Santonio Holmes. Now that's... uh... That's better than uh, Tyree for the Giants, Mario Manningham. I think so. It was the game winner. Okay. Uh, John Taylor in Super Bowl, I believe it was 23 in Miami, mm-hmm. um, 1989. The 88 season was another amazing one. Classic. As well. Yep. Um, but let's go back to the game that you're talking about. Are you going to talk about Super Bowl 43 as one of the greatest? Super Bowls that you, not ever. I'm not talking about for the world, but in Nick Polino's life, right? One, and, one of your favorites, yes. And the a big reason it was bad, like for example, um, when the Giants knocked off the undefeated Patriots. If you recall, it was exciting at the end, but it wasn't that great of a game. I mean, it was close, mm-hmm. but it. I like. Uh, drama in my Super Bowls, and I like action like so many people. I'm fine with a 6-3 to three game and turnovers and all that, but in a perfect world for me, I like scoring, but at the same time, I like good defense. I mean, I like great plays and just nonstop action is what I really like, and that was a game that really from kickoff until Holmes's catch – it had a lot of that, including the incredible 
return by James Harrison, for example, the incredible play of Larry Fitzgerald and Kirk Warner that night. I mean, just awesome stuff from start to finish. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some other games and let's go backwards. So we're at Super Bowl 43. Um, are there any others since 43 that uh, you're thinking is one that that you really love or do you want to just go back in time? What, what do you think? I think Seattle and New England uh, with the infamous oh, one-yard yeah. interception in the end zone, I think that probably from start to finish, that's the best game I've ever seen. In Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl 49, and it start gave us left shark. Katy Perry and the left shark at <laughs> halftime. One of the most infamous uh, <laughs> halftime moments. Not the most, not, not uh, Timberlake and Janet Jackson, but uh, just a really fun halftime moment. Um, back to Super Bowl 43 real quick. Um, I'm glad you bring that up. That's going to be my favorite. And of course, I'm biased. And the reason I'm biased is, you know why, because we're on a Steelers show here. Mm -hmm. But what makes that the greatest Super Bowl for me, aside from the fact 38 uh, seconds left, the game-winning touchdown, the fact that the Steelers surrendered that lead, and Larry Fitzgerald had the game of his life, Kurt Warner had the game of his life, and those two guys... Um, I don't want to say Kurt Warner had the game of his life, but he had a fantastic game. Had a fantastic and, game. And uh, those two guys, any other any other team they're playing, 30 other teams, I'm I'm rooting mm-hmm. for the Cardinals because I that's a I, I love that team. Yeah. But they just happen to be playing my guys. And so you're now you're done. That day you're done. I, I don't like you. You're the enemy. And that's that's the way it was. But the big thing for me, you didn't have just one of the greatest plays of all time, greatest touchdowns. You had two of the greatest touchdowns of all time because that James Harrison 100-yard yep. touchdown to end the second half, you don't win without it. And no, you it was don't. Amazing. And mm-hmm. what was that um, top 10 when there was two in the top 10 from that single game with the, when the NFL counted them down, the greatest plays. So that's just it says absolutely a lot. Incredible. So one of my favorites. Now Felicia mentioned mentioned uh, and somebody else mentioned this too. I think this is a fantastic game. New Orleans in Indianapolis. Great game. Um, where does that rank for you? Well, you know it's funny. You know the one thing that sticks out for me in that game. The first thing, if you say New Orleans Indianapolis Super Bowl, what's the first thing you think about? The first thing I think about is Peyton's onside kick right at the start of the second half and how the momentum immediately shifted to the New Orleans Saints and they play just really a fabulous second half and win that game. Sensational game. Absolutely. One that I was going to say there. Um, Just an incredible game. Um, You cannot forget, and Mark Davison um, mentions this, Mr. Porter. Was it Tracy Porter? Not Tracy Porter. Um, Terry Porter, I believe. Or maybe it was Tracy. I mean, the defensive back that uh, Terry Porter. Sense. I'm Terry pretty Porter. sure. Pretty sure it's Terry. Good. Porter. I I did have it right. I'm um, Terry Porter. So um, that was that was fantastic as well. Um, for and, me. And one ahead. other thing too, you know, and I know that you know, I, now I don't remember a lot of this, but I definitely saw some of it. But I think the other thing to keep in mind as well is is for how many decades the New Orleans Saints were just awful. 
I mean, oh. awful. I mean, you know, the famous, you know, video of Saints fans wearing paper bags over their heads in the Superdome on Sunday afternoons watching the Saints. And, you know, for them to go all the way and win the Super Bowl for a town and a franchise that had just seen losing season after losing season. And I'm not talking 6-10, and 5-11 and 11 losing seasons. I'm talking winning a game or two losing seasons. Pretty remarkable. Now, that Giants, uh, that Giants uh, Patriots first Super Bowl was special to me because it was a 16 and 0 team. Well, excuse me, an 18 and 0 team. 18 and um, 0. Losing. And I was, uh, it was like I, I was like, with the Ravens game uh, just a couple weeks ago. I was, uh, never was I rooting for a team that wasn't the Steelers more um at that point and then i changed it then i can say i was probably rooting for the against the ravens a few weeks ago with the titans um so that was fantastic um that helmet catch mark davison says was unreal um uh david tyree it was just just absolutely incredible plexico our good friend um another former Steeler, and actually um believe ended his career with the steelers as well he bookended with the steelers um He's he's a guy. He had a huge touchdown in that game as well. Um, I have a lot in my memory that I can go back, and I have had the pleasure the last few uh, last week. I'd, I'd say I've been going back and watching in full the Steelers Super Bowls, and I've been writing an article. And uh, the first one that I did was last week, um, Super Bowl nine. I watched it in full. A really entertaining Super Bowl for for a sixteen to six game, but the games against the Cowboys, the Steelers and the Cowboys, yeah, they were incredible and sensational. I'm going, yeah, and I'm going to all include, the Hall of Famers too. All the Hall of Famers on the field, and I'm going to include Super Bowl thirty as well as a game that's really special to me. And it was a Steelers loss, but it was special. They were fifteen point underdogs. They no, they felt like they had no business. Against the triplets, you know, Aikman, Emmett. List Irvin, goes on and on of the players Dallas had. Deion Sanders. And oh, by the way, list goes on and on of the players Dallas had. I'm, I'm just going to throw in, uh, you know, I'm going to get heck for talking about the Cowboys, but Larry Allen. I was watching some watching some highlights of him. One of the greatest yeah, offensive linemen of all time. Yeah, and I was, I did not realize how amazing that guy was one of the greatest of all time on the offensive line. Definitely. And, and so, a great, and a, a, a big man, a great, athlete, great athlete. There are legendary stories of Larry Allen in the weight room and his quickness and his speed. I mean, Larry Allen was a phenomenal athlete and a hall of famer. Great player. Okay. We're having some trouble with the, uh, the saints Porter guy. Um, I know Michael O'Malley is a Blazers fan, and he said the only one was Terry Porter. The only Terry Porter point was, guard, point guard. Yes, for the Blazers. So we need to get the identity of the um, the Saints Porter, and uh, maybe maybe it was both. So I'm trying to multitask. My wife says I'm the worst multitasker of all time, and I would probably. Uh, well, you've worked with me, Nick, so you probably know that as well. Nah, if, that's it not was true. Tracy Porter. I mentioned Tracy, Tracy Porter. Porter. Okay. It was Tracy, so so there we go. Um, I remember, Michael, I remember number 30, point guard for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, Terry Porter, too. I also remember Clyde Drexler and Jerome Kersey. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, um, Lob City, 
Is that what they call it? The Trailblazers, Lob City? They do now. I don't think they called them that in the early 90s. That was the Blazer team that went to the finals in 92 oh, yeah. and lost to the Bulls. Great team. Glide. Yeah, Kevin, that... Kevin Duckworth, they had a really good team. The, and the guy with the headband, was that Kersey? I think he that was wore... Kersey, yeah. I think Kersey wore a headband. There, there you go. Oh, so, yeah, but Michael O'Malley's like that. I was making a joke, but you're, you're right. You're right. We were wrong. We were calling him Terry Porter. The, the guy's name was Tracy, so... No, you helped us out. Rip City, not Lob City. Rip, Rip City. City. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want anything. Lob City Clippers with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. And I got to tell you, um, the first ever uh, Portland Trailblazers player that I knew. I mean, not player, the first ever uh, fan that I knew. So now we, if we want to talk uh, Rip City, <laughs> we got Michael here. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so. Another one that was brought up in the live chat here, and I have great memories of this. And before I talk about this, it doesn't have to be your Steelers or your Raiders um, in the Super Bowl just to love the game. And and it has a lot to do with uh, the teams that are playing. And a lot of the times the teams that are playing that you don't like and watching them go against these guys and not wanting to see them win. I mean, I remember the Steelers, uh, the Ravens 49ers game and just like, please, 49ers, please. And they almost came back. And I remember that of this could have been a most memorable game. But as soon as the game was over, click, I would not watch the celebration because that's just I don't want to see them celebrate. Um, but I remember one game that uh, I didn't have hatred for the other team, but I really wanted to see it, it's the backstory. And it's when you're watching these guys and the pride of players, and there's pride on every single team. But can I guess it? Oh, you, you, I know you're going to guess it. But I go think ahead. I think I think I will. Okay. Uh, I think it is probably when the Cowboys beat the Bills. It would be the Bills' fourth consecutive Super Bowl that they lost, and Dallas beat them. You know what? Um, nowhere close. Okay. But, but great. I mean. That's a great guess. Um, this was just for a legendary player finally getting his due. A team that uh, I would root for after I rooted for the Steelers. And watching uh, and the the thing that kills me most about it, and I'll get heck for this, thing that kills me most is I could have probably gone to that game because the Steelers lost to them in the AFC Championship game, which I went to. But watching Denver beat Green Bay. Mm. In Super Bowl 32 was really cool. Watching uh Elway spin like a helicopter. Yes. And that whole thing. Um Terrell Davis playing with a migraine headache. Mm -hmm. Um, that that was a fantastic game. And you know, the other thing about that game too is bad, which by the way, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Um, I wouldn't have made that guess. I thought it was a, t a team that lost you, you felt bad for. Oh, okay. I thought it, okay, okay yeah. so I got that wrong. Um, I misunderstood it. Um, I think the really the great thing about that was, was Elway winning and what it, and it was a great game too. That was another start to finish great game. But if you remember, there was a stretch as well. Um, in the 90s where there were a lot of, you know, not very good Super Bowls. I mean, if you look at it, the Giants-Bills game was a classic. Sadly, with Scott Norwood, you felt horrible for him missing the field goal. But, you know, Washington really handled Buffalo. So did Dallas those two times. 
Um, and after that, you know, San Francisco handled San Diego. Um, you know, the again, you know, great respect to Pittsburgh because Dallas was so, so good. But and, you know, Pittsburgh made it very interesting. But this was the first game, uh, you know, uh, and Green Bay handled New England after that. But this was the first game that really went down to the wire for the first time in a long time. Green Bay and Denver did in the 90s. So I think that made it great, too. So, you know, it, it's it's fun to watch just any Super Bowl for me. I'm just glad to be there. One of my oh, great sure. memories of any Super Bowl, and you, you can still do it, but back in the 80s and 90s when I was first getting into it, on Saturday night, I would start watching the highlights, and they would roll all – you would have every single 30-minute highlight of NFL films. By the way, one Hall of Famer that deserved to get in that got in – Yes. Mr. Steve Sable. No doubt about it. That's we are better fans. Yes. Because of yes. what Steve Sable has done. No giving doubt. Us, giving us uh giving us this outlet to see yep. everything, to see behind the scenes. And that's kind of uh that's that's kind of how we know so much more. And that gives me a segue idea. And I want to do it a little bit later. And I think you're about the inside look. And we'll talk about that when we wrap this up. But it just made me think of something. But when we're looking at, at these highlights and you hear old ones with John Facenda going, Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team of destiny once again. Like a knife going through hot butter. One of the you greatest know, narrators of all time, no doubt uh, about just, it. One just of the greatest. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely. And you watch those and you just get, I mean, you just get amped up for the game and you want that classic ending. And, I think and that's you almost all we feel want. like you're there. You are, you know, he he takes you there. You almost feel like you're sitting in the upper deck of Lambeau Field or Three Rivers then or wherever it might have been, and you almost feel like you're there. It, absolutely. And some of those old games that we don't know much about that happened in, in the late 60s and the 70s. Right. And those 80s Super Bowls. Teams I mean, and players. I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, you know, they do such a spectacular job of, you know, really um, giving you great familiarity with teams and players and major events in this incredible sport. So let's wrap this up with a question. If you're going to say that this is going to be one for the ages, this new Super Bowl, what Super Bowl do they need to surpass in excitement? What Super Bowl do they need to surpass in good feeling? I mean, because that's part of it. You need to leave with that good feeling, that smile on your face. Like when you leave a great movie, um, when you leave an awesome movie and you just walk out smiling, that's the way that I think fans want to leave a Super Bowl watching, uh, leave their Super Bowl party. I think that's the way they want to feel. Mm -hmm. I saw the second Jumanji movie yesterday with my son. I left there smiling. I felt good because it was, it was a good movie. So what I'm saying is what game of all time made you smile the most? Was it the one that you mentioned before? Well, that's that's kind of a different question because the best Super Bowl game I've ever seen is Seahawks okay. Patriots. Is that's okay. the best? Super Bowl. But if you said what is the game that left me smiling as far as a great game and I was smiling afterwards, Elway, 
when Elway and the Broncos won the Super Bowl because, you know, you look back at it as well. Even if you're, if you are a Broncos fan, you're not a Broncos fan, you're a John Elway fan, you're not a John Elway fan, whatever it might be, John Elway is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And John Elway made it to the Super Bowl with, in my opinion, average teams. Like the team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to Parcells and the Giants wasn't a very good team. I mean, Elway all but single-handedly got there, got them there. So the fact that John Elway had so many Sunday heartbreaks at the Super Bowl, that was a great game, and it left me smiling that John Elway won a Super Bowl. Um, I would tell you that uh, I'm, I'm just going to use this. Anyone that was not won by the Baltimore Ravens or the New England Patriots makes me smile. Um, what in recent history? Look, I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a team I like. Great game. Man, I was rooting hard, and that was a great game that did not stop, and I felt good about football. I mean, I went to bed smiling and feeling good watching that game. He said, my favorite Super Bowl, no, but it was a fantastic game, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it because it was watching Luke Skywalker beat down Darth Vader. Wasn't there, was it over 1,000 yards total? It was around 1,000 yards. I thought they got over just, as both teams, I thought it was just over 1,000 yards at Super Bowl. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so I want to segue to something. We were talking about Steve Sable and the inside looks, and something that we would not have if it wasn't for Steve Sable and NFL Films would be HBO's Hard Knocks. And there's a lot of talk right now because there's five teams that are eligible for Hard Knocks. Tony DeFeo and Tony DeFeo and myself, we had a point-counterpoint that uh, ran yesterday on whether uh, the Steelers should be involved in this game if, uh, well, at, they have to be assigned to it because they're not going to do it on their own. And you're a perfect person to talk to for this right now. Uh -huh. Being a Raiders fan, you went through watching hard knocks. And before I say anything, one thing that a lot of people forget, because the first thing any Steeler fan is going to say, no way, because it's going to be a distraction. It's going to be a problem. Um, they're going to, uh, you know, Bill Belichick's going to steal secrets <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> but the nice thing about it for the teams is you had John Gruden having veto power in the editing room. If, if Gruden said it doesn't go in, it did not go in. And that's would be the same for any team. Um, the five teams remaining of course are Pittsburgh because they're eligible because they haven't been on the show in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. They do not have a new head coach and they've missed the playoffs two years in a row. Detroit, Denver, Arizona Cardinals, which is probably a really exciting team, and the New York Giants are among those as well. Um, I would probably think uh, – well, actually, no, the New York Giants can't be. They have a new head coach. Um, so I'm probably uh, uh, missing something as well. But watching the Raiders go through it, was it a distraction or was it fun to have that inside look? Oh, I think it's fun. Now, as a – as a fan, and if and especially if I was a part of the organization, no, I wouldn't want it. I think it's a distraction, absolutely. Do you but think it I, hurt their season? No, I don't think it hurt their season, but I do think it's a distraction. And honestly, the other thing about it is bad. 
this is a organization and a football team that's still got a ways to go. I mean, it's not this isn't a situation where you say, well, maybe if they if there wasn't any hard knocks, they would have been 12 and four this year. That that wouldn't have happened. It's not a team that, you know, was a favorite to win their division, was a favorite to maybe if they if a few things worked out to go to the Super Bowl. You know, so at this stage in the, you know, with where the organization's at, I don't think it's that big of that you know, big of a thing having hard knocks on it. So it, that in part is okay, or having them be on hard knocks is okay. However, I think a better way to answer it is if I was a, you know, team that went, you know, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 and were and was projected to have a great season, I definitely would not want hard knocks. Um, the cameras and all that, because I think it could be a distraction. Absolutely. But at the end of the day too, though, you know, to counter that, these guys are professionals. These, you know, you know, the organization, they're professionals. Um, however, you know, long answer for you, but no, I wouldn't want it. But at the same time, do I think it's a, a deal breaker on a season? No, I don't. I just took a shower and came back actually. I mean, while you're talking, (laughs) no, um, I, I know falling asleep so uh yeah i knew that's when i was taking a long time because i could tell you're starting to you know uh close your eyes there so apologize okay. for that thaddeus kennedy is um but he brought something up that uh, i do want to address um really funny stuff uh robert Kraft's films crews will probably uh disguise himself as hbo camera crews um for me everyone if you read the article you know that i really want it the, that's I want it because I crave this. I, I want to see it, and I I don't think I mean it's good drama too. Oh, it uh, is, and and it and it and also the other thing too. If you're a football fan, by August when Hard Knocks kicks off, you are so excited because you want football back so bad that you can watch hardly it stand it. Yeah, you can hardly stand it, it. And a lot of people don't know this. It's it, it's really funny. Um, maybe five or six years. I don't know the exact date, but the Atlanta Falcons were on there and mm-hmm. they highlighted, they usually highlight the rookie free agent that, that they really think could go all the way. Right. And, and they had this guy, a fullback, a linebacker turned fullback. His last name was Jones, but actually it was a hyphenated name and he dropped the hyphen. And now he no longer goes by Roosevelt Nix Jones. He goes by Roosevelt Nix of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was the very first cut on hard knocks. Huh. And How about he that? handled it I with didn't class. Know that. And when you went, I went back and watched it actually. I uh, watched it again. And what, because I, I didn't realize at the time it was going to be with the Steelers. Um, then he hooked on right after that. But what was so cool about it is how he handled himself with class. But the next day, the players were stunned that they cut this guy. Mm-hmm. They had no idea he was going to get cut. Like, Man, I liked him. I thought he was going to go far. Um, hooked on with the Steelers, ended up as a pro bowler, hurt a lot of last year, but he's the guy that they really want back. So my last question on this subject to you, Nick, uh, is this. You you don't have a horse in the race. Of those teams that are listed, who would be the most entertaining for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say if I had to now, it was Steelers, Giants, Cardinals, Lions. No, and- it's not the Giants. I, I've uh, Broncos, Lions, 
Steelers, Cardinals. Steelers, Cardinals, and we're missing one, but it can't be the Giants. Um, Bears. Maybe was it the Bears? Bears. Yeah, it was the Bears. Okay, out of those, the Steelers. Now, I, and not because this is a Steelers show, I'd just be interested to listen to I, if they provide any insight on the defense. I think that'd be very interesting. And also, a big, big question is where Ben Roethlisberger is going to be health-wise in August. That's going to that, yeah. dominate a lot of discussion in the NFL. So to have uh, access to that in August, I think, would be very, very interesting. See, you know what uh, – you have so many storylines. Ben coming back. Juju Smith-Schuster is still going to be a great storyline. You're going to get to know guys that you don't know a lot about. Um, so they, they'll highlight about six or seven guys. One of the guys that – they highlighted on the Raiders last year. Um, well, actually, two. Max Crosby was one of them, and you know he's he's a player I would have never known. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. from Clemson University, who right at the end was getting a lot of fantasy football ads as well, ended up doing a nice job. Yeah, and I'll tell you. Another guy they profiled, Waller, had a fantastic season. Oh, my gosh. He had an amazing season. I forgot about that. So um, a lot of people I knew, Snowman, would say this. I don't have HBO, so I don't care. <laughs> this is one of those things that you go get a free trial for 30 days because it's it's fantastic watching. Uh, and you can actually go back. You can watch some hard knocks on YouTube. I've watched full episodes, and I'm probably going to watch more when I get time. But it's a lot of fun, so I hope that's something they do. I want to I want to go back and wrap up with the whole Super Bowl talk. I'm going to bring up Thad Kennedy's comment. Uh, I'm just going to let's see, find it here because I just think it's awesome. I want to get your your quick 15 second response to this. Steelers would probably have two more Super Bowls if they drafted Marina. You know, it's funny um, that that conversation was uh, or that thought. Um, Superb ESPN thirty for thirty uh, from Elway to Marino. Oh and yeah, it, and yeah. it and it touches on that, and you know it's it's remarkable that when you think about it, that Dan Marino, a Pittsburgh native, could have been a Steeler, and it's it's really. I mean, you think about this just for a perfect example, just to throw an example out at you. And I'm I'm not uh, being critical of Neil O'Donnell in any way, but at the same time, can you imagine January of 1996, Dan Marino's the Steelers' quarterback against Dallas? Yeah, but that's probably they're they're probably the favorite because they won a couple more before then. Um, it's probably but still one. though. Yeah, could you, could you imagine how different that game could have been? As close as it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that you know what that game. And, and we could talk about this yeah. all night, about the differences of if Marino was there. So um, there's, a shot that, there's, a shot that, <laughs> there's a shot they could have had two, two more Super Bowls. Sure, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they could one, have three or four more. One last point. I mean, you look at the year before when they lost a tough game to San Diego in the AFC Championship. If they beat Sandy, and we're totally, this is a real 14 point it, favorite. In that this, game. Is, this is definitely a lot of what ifs, but. You know, what if they win that game with Marino and San Diego? They are a very, very, very dangerous opponent against San Francisco two weeks later in the Super Bowl if Pittsburgh with Dan Marino's there. Well, here's a funny thing. If you go to a draft, you take one draft, and you move around one first-rounder, 
you could destroy the space-time continuum of the NFL with one guy. I don't. It doesn't matter who it is. You move one guy, you could change everything. You could change the course of history. Especially with one guy. a quarterback. Especially a quarterback. And so, you know, ask Green Bay, ask New England. Well, and but honestly, ask Pittsburgh. You've had a franchise quarterback since two thousand and four. I mean, that is an exactly. incredible luxury. There are so many teams, the Raiders being one, by the way, who would love to have a franchise quarterback for 15 years. That is an incredible advantage. Absolutely. Well, Nick, we are getting down to the wire, so we are going to go ahead and sign off. We're going to be talking next week. Now, I'm not sure exactly what day next week we're going to be talking, so stay tuned. We will uh, go ahead and put that together. Um, thank you once again. Um, the show started off tough because of the tough new, the Kobe Bryant news um, today. Uh, just absolutely devastating once again. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. Thank you, for, thank you for all the kind words that everybody put in about the legacy of Co Kobe Bryant, um, his daughter as well, and the other victims yes. of that devastating plane crash. Yes. Um, once again, that's why I love being a part of this uh, Steeler community. BTSC has a Steeler family, but it's not just a Steeler family. It's a global family because it's just about anything that happens. This was not a Steeler that, that this happened to today. It was a human being, and that's why I love this so much. So thank you to all of you for continuing to be a part of our BTSC family. With that being said, Nick, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bad. Thank you, everybody. All right. For Nick Bellino, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We will see you next week. Remember, subscribe, like the show, tell friends. We love you, my friends. Until next time, you've just been previewed. Take care. <laughs>